Hello. Well, this is our reply to a guy. Uh, it's a reply video directed at a guy who has annoyed me in two different ways. Now, the first is that, well, innocently enough, I got into a conversation with him uh, in a YouTube comment thread a few days ago. And but he, I felt that he was trying to, he was trying to get a gotcha. He was trying to catch me out, and I, I find it rather irritating. But I, I, maybe I got the wrong idea. But the second way in which he certainly annoyed me was that after this conversation, this thread, uh, I was thinking I could do the the video uh, classical liberal objections to ethnonationalism, conservative objections to ethnonationalism, and then I remembered this thread from the day before and thought, oh, I could do a libertarian objections to ethnonationalism. So I went to get the thread, only to discover that this bloody guy had deleted all of his comments. So, really annoying. And, um, because this, this is not going to be as good a video as it would have been if he'd left his fucking comments there so that I could give more extensive, thoughtful replies to them here. No idea why he did that. What a silly thing to do. Um, anyway, we got into this conversation and he was asking me interesting questions and I, I gave the answers. Now, what I'm going to do here is, I'm trying, I'm, I mean, my, or most of my posts are still there in that thread, so I was able to retrieve them, but I'm having to remember, or struggle to remember what his posts were. <sighs> so, I mean, he's a libertarian. Maybe it's, this is all about property rights or something. So his comments are his property. So he can do what he likes with them. I don't know. He certainly fucked it up for me. So, I mean, it just looks like a, an interesting miniature there. Of, well, anyway, whatever. So I've tried to remember what he said and or the salient points that he made so that I can give, so that it all makes sense here. All right. And, you know, the reason I'm doing this is it would have been a nice trilogy. And... As it is, it's going to be like two and a half videos, really, instead of three nice, solid... Yeah. Anyway, okay, let's go. So, this guy recognised... I think I posted some comment, and this guy recognised me and said, hello, uh, can I ask you some questions? And, he, and I said, yes. So he asked me, what matters more to you, an ethnostate or limited government? Now, given that I have never nailed my colours to the limited government mast, this question, the fact that he was asking me this question, told me immediately that he was a libertarian. And it's interesting how libertarians, they tend to assume that you agree with them about various things, and various priorities. But, you know, that I'm not criticising them there, I'm just, it, it, it's something that's come up before. They always think, well, why, how, how can you not want limited government and you know, all this? Um, yeah, so anyway, he asked me that question. So I replied, without hesitation, an ethnostate. Nothing is more important than survival, by which I obviously meant the survival of an ethnic group. So he replied, even if it meant survival under a tyrannical government. So I replied, yes, survival under a tyrannical government equals existence and a chance to create a future better government. Whereas, obli whereas oblivion under a limited government that was not an ethnostate equals no existence and no chance to create anything in the future. 
In other words, if you've got a tyrannical government that's an ethnostate, at least your ethnic group is going to survive and it can go on and you know, heal from the damage uh, of the tyranny and create a better world in the future. Whereas, if you've got a limited government that is not an ethnostate, odds are your ethnic group is going to die, it's going to perish, and then you it doesn't have existence in the future, so it can't create anything in the future. So that was my answer. And then he replied, and this is where I got annoyed with him, he said, you've implied that limited government will lead to oblivion, haven't you? Furthermore, you've contradicted yourself. You said that nothing is more important than survival. Then you went on to say that survival is important because it gives you a chance to create a better government. So which is it? Survival or limited government? What do you care about more? <laughs> so, And that, that was when I thought, uh, you're, you're, you're pissing me off. You know, you're not arguing in good faith. You're trying to catch me out. But I think maybe I was oversensitive. He denied that he'd try, he was trying to catch me out. So I replied to him. I quoted, you have implied that limited government will lead to oblivion, haven't you? And I replied, no. You asked me to choose between the survival of my people, an ethnostate, or a government, in this case a limited government, that was not an ethnostate. Those were the only two options you gave me. Now, in the present age, any country that is not an ethnostate, regardless of its form of government, will lead to oblivion for the white ethnic group. Uh, so, yeah, uh, a limited government that is not an ethnostate will lead to oblivion. That's, I think I've explained that. Do I need to explain that more? I, I don't think so. I mean, I know it's a wild claim that I'm saying here, but, you know, I've I've backed it up in other videos. So I'm not going to go into it again here. So then his the second quote from him, Furthermore, you've contradicted yourself. You said that nothing is more important than survival. Then you went on to say that survival is important because it gives you a chance to create a better government. And that was when I said, that is not a contradiction. Clearly, clearly you're trying to catch me out. When you're ready to converse in good faith, get back in touch. And um, he's, that was when he assured me that he wasn't and all that. And then he said, why should I support the white race when white people are, and this is, I'm having to try to remember what he said. <clears throat> Why should I support the white race when white people are voting for more and more expansions of state power, thus infringing my liberties? So I replied to him, whites are currently going through a statist phase. And uh, then I said, do you really think that blacks, Arabs or Asians would be less statist? if they were to gain control. <coughs> they, particularly blacks and Chinese, have far less desire for freedom and far less problem with state power. And then I said to him, in any case, I think our priorities differ. I am willing to sacrifice freedom for the sake of my people's continued existence. I, it seems that you aren't, so we have to agree to disagree. And then uh, he replied, and I happened to copy this this comment down, so I was able to uh, I'm able to present it to you. And I'm going to reply to each of his sentences, one by one. He said, "Well, I don't think you necessarily need to sacrifice freedom in order to preserve a, a people's existence. I disagree that an ethnostate is the only way to secure the existence of a people. That's where we differ." 
but we also differ in that given the choice, he would choose limited government over securing the existence of his people. Now, and here's the thing, historically, this is the irony, really, historically no European countries were ethnostates, yet the existence of their peoples was secured informally because the numbers of outsiders were simply far too small to pose any kind of threat, any existential demographic threat. So in theory, he's right that a nation doesn't have to be an ethnostate in order to secure the existence of its native people. But in the present reality, it, I think it absolutely does. Because these people, these outsiders, are here in such huge numbers. And those numbers are not shrinking. Um, and of course, once you've got the immigrants, then you've got the children who are born to those immigrants. And the numbers just keep rising. So in other words, you can afford not to be an ethnostate when you don't have any outsiders in your state. <laughs> But as soon as you do, ironically enough, that's when you, well, the only way to maintain or retain that status quo is to become an ethnostate. So saying, well, we managed it in the past without being ethnostate is, is just naive. It's just ignoring the fact. Um, yeah, yeah, we were not ethnostates in Europe, but we didn't need to be. So then uh, his next sentence. It seems to me that the best political movement is one that is aimed in the direction of severely reducing the federal government, which I'm, he's talking from an American perspective, and getting back to communities governing themselves. A political movement like that has the farthest reach because it appeals to most of the population, uh, limited government, and uh, what's the word? I've forgotten what the word is for power dividing down... To, to the lowest level. I've forgotten there's a word for that. It also fosters continued existence for peoples, their race and their culture, to each his own government. Yes, until one day some other community, maybe Hispanics, maybe blacks, maybe Muslims, decides to annex your community, whether peacefully or not. They could just start moving in. <clears throat> now, at that point, you could say, but you've got the government on your side then in that extreme situation to protect your community's rights. But no, you haven't, because your government is not an ethnostate. Your country is not an ethnostate. Your government is not up for ethnostatism. So it's not going to be up for your community being a, an ethno-community. That's, uh, that's contrary to the mood of the nation. And also, the more, this is a crucial thing, of course, the more non-whites there are in your society, the more they will, sh they will vote to shift your society in a multiracial direction. If there, are, if there is some kind of tolerance or even celebration of uh, ethnostatism, ethno-communityism in your country, well, the non-whites will swiftly vote to obliterate, to reduce and then obliterate that because it's not in their interests for you to be able to isolate yourselves, yourself from them. They want access to white people for various reasons. And also, they will, as established earlier, they, especially the Chinese, for example, will vote for bigger government, which will in turn affect your ability to vote for limited government. So you could start off with this multiracial country made up of ethnic communities. 
but swiftly. That 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 har- lovely status quo, that halcyon moment, will be uh, torn apart. I say swiftly, it might take a matter of decades, but it wouldn't take much fucking longer than that. Because for various reasons, they have different priorities. And primarily, I mean, obviously each of these races, the Chinese and uh, the Africans and the Arabs and all this, they have different priorities, but they unfortunately all involve taking something from us, from whites. The Chinese will want our innovations and our money. Uh, the blacks will want our, our, certainly our welfare money. They'll want our protection from the, from each other. Um, and they'll want our DNA, which they'll get via our women. And then the Arabs, of course, will want our um, souls for Islam. <laughs> so why on earth would you set up a society mixing all these people together? Or even just uh, scattering them together in isolated communities? Because it's not going to be peaceful between those communities. It's going to be fucking war between those communities, even if that war is conducted not militarily, but via the voting booth. And frankly, I would say that's exactly what the situation is now in most Western countries. We've got war between, yeah, ethno-based war conducted via the voting booth. I think it's, I think we're, we're, if we're not in that situation already, we're certainly heading towards that situation. Because white people are desirable and their products, they, their habits are desirable. They create things, they innovate things, they look after things, they organise things. And so everyone wants a piece of us, even while they want to obliterate us. And that might sound paranoid. I know that not every non-white wants to obliterate us. I'm simply saying that in the pursuit of their interests, they will inevitably obliterate us unless we look after ourselves. And the only way to do that, as I, as I think I've illustrated here, is for us to have eth- our own ethnostates, which will separate, insulate us from them, from their predations. And by the way, I say that whilst knowing full well that there are many, many productive non-whites in, in Europe, in the West, and elsewhere. Right? I'm not saying that they're useless in any way. I'm simply saying that when placed in an environment with us, they have no real interest in preserving us. Uh, well, let, let me put it another way. They do have a long-term interest in preserving us, but that will be overridden by a short-term interest in mixing with us. And, uh, yeah, okay. All right, I'll move on. Oh, and of course, as the the other thing, just to get back to his point, the more non-whites there are in your society, in your nation, the more they will vote for statism, for bigger government, thus making your ethno-community ever more vulnerable to the state's decisions. Because that state, with or without your help, with without your help in this case, that state is getting more and more powerful because of the, the voting habits of the non-whites. So at some point it could simply decide, okay, I know you started off as an ethno-community, but guess what? We're going to place a thousand refugees in your, t- in your village now. 
And there's nothing you can do about it because all of these non-whites have outvoted you. Okay, I'll move on to this next thing. And he says, I understand that some racial groups are collectively more willing to vote for greater state power. I get that reality. But if statism is a phase for whites, why can't it be a phase for blacks as well? Now, I will also mention here that the Chinese have been extremely statist for a very long time in different manifestations. So I didn't mention the Chinese, but I want to mention them now just to get them over with before we concentrate on what he said. The Chinese have been statist for a very, very long time. And even if it's not genetic, and even if it hasn't become genetically hardwired over the centuries, it is their cultural inheritance. So how willing are they going to be to sacrifice that and do without it? Is that, you know, they are, in a way, the most statist of these different uh, race, racial groups. But anyway, he talks about the blacks. So I will answer, I will answer that. Um, well, first of all, he says, if statism is a phase for whites, why can't it be a phase for non-whites as well? And my answer to that is because non-whites benefit from state power uh, more than white people do, because it enables them to sap our resources. So, and I again, I say that in full knowledge that there are many high IQ Indians. The fact is there are many high low IQ Indians, many more low IQ Indians, and low IQ blacks and low IQ Ara Arabs and all the rest of it. So they want our resources. Okay, and so statism works in their favour. It's to their advantage. So of course they're going to want it. And of course in the real world, they do want it. All right, moving on. He says... Black Americans, despite their almost unanimous support for the Democrat Party, are actually very distrustful of the state. And I believe that. I'm, I think that's probably the truth. It makes sense. Uh, because he seems to think that means that they're not statists. But I would uh, surmise that it's because... <laughs> why, are they very why are black Americans very distrustful of the state? Here's why I would surmise it. It's because they take from it but don't contribute much to it, and therefore don't feel that it is theirs. And in any case, they are aware that it was created by whites. It's a white creation. It's the baby of white people. The state of America, the American state is the baby of white people. And so they're going to resent it. Even while they take from it, they're going to resent it. And also because they're not uh, contributing much to it in the way of tax, they're never going to feel that it's theirs. You know, as an ongoing thing, they're always going to feel that they're contributing to, well, this creation of white people. So of course they're distrustful of it. And then he goes into other he goes into other sort of micro examples of this, uh, and I, and there are different reasons. And in each thing, there are different reasons why they are distrustful, why Black Americans are distrustful of the state. So I'll go through each of those. He says, uh, Black Americans are very distrustful of the state. They hate the police. And I replied, well, I didn't reply, but this is what I would have replied if the conversation had continued. Yes, black Americans are distrustful of the police because the police don't let them get away with committing as many crimes as they would like to get away with committing. And that's, as far as I can tell, that's the, the cold reality of this. 
Uh, and also, of course, the white, the, the police uh, force in America is, again, it's a white creation. But even leaving that aside, it does try to stop them from committing crimes, and it does punish them for committing crimes. So, of course, they hate the police. And he moves on. They don't value the public school system. <laughs> they don't value any school system. And this guy thinks that the reason black Americans don't value the public school system is that it's a public system. Whereas I would say, it's no, it's because it's a school system. And they don't have respect or understanding of the value of education. So, of course they... Of course they don't value it. Of course they don't value the public school system. You know, it's given to them for free. Um, and now you could say that because it's given to them for free, they don't appreciate it, they don't value it. But I think, well, the fact is that poor whites do value it. So there's some other reason here. And then he goes on to say, and this is another example of their being distrustful of the state, they're very religious. <laughs> I mean, this is the first I've heard of it. I, as far as I know, black Americans are not very religious. I'm sure in the South there are Christian... I know that there are many huge numbers of very religious black people, black Americans. But if you're talking about black America in general, um, I don't know. I'm not, To be honest, I'm not interested enough to look up the statistics for this. Maybe it will turn out that they are, on average, more religious than whites. But either way... I don't link that with them being distrustful of the state anyway, which is the, the point he's trying to make here. And I, I just don't understand why he brought this thing up about religion. And then the final thing he said was, uh, an example of them being distrustful of the state, they're typically very sceptical of authority. <laughs> yes, because they very often can't live up to the expectations that authorities have of them. And that's why they're sceptical of authority. They, they, they consistently, even whether they want to or not, they consistently fail to live up to those authorities, that what they want of them. And so, of course, you will eventually, if that keeps going, you will eventually resent those authorities and you'll be, and then you'll paper over that by merely being sceptical of those authorities. Well, it's like when people say, well, the IQ test doesn't really measure actual intelligence. The only people who say that are people who either just didn't score very well in IQ tests or want to stand up for people who don't score very well in IQ tests. So it's very much the same thing here. Uh, you know, yeah, people are sceptical of authority. Um, I think in the case of black Americans, you know, they're not the only group who are sceptical of authority. I think it's a British thing to be very sceptical of authority. But in their case, it's for totally different reasons. That's an innate characteristic. Uh, the British love of freedom and, yeah, scepticism of authority. In the case of black Americans, it's not because they love freedom. Um, it's for the reasons I've given, I think. And then he's he goes on. Also, saying that blacks have less desire for freedom is pretty damn funny. The, the only reason they vote for the left is because of identity politics and handouts. No, they vote for the left because they instinctively know that the left will help them to beat Whitey. Now, 
Calling that identity politics implies that it is a tendency confined to this age, something that only exists because it is enabled by the left, when in fact I would say it's a perennial, uh, well, it's perennial ethnocentrism. It's just human nature, mammalian nature. Um, so they support the left because the left is their weapon against Whitey. Now, obviously, in the meantime, uh, yes, they will vote for the left also because of identity politics and also because of handouts. I mean, that's how the, the Democrats used to, and the same in Britain as well, the Labour Party, that was how they used to attract uh, black voters. It was by offering them Dem programmes. Now that has moved on to identity politics, which is, uh, we'll give you respect, we'll give you sovereignty, uh, we'll give you recognition, we'll give you power, we'll give you authority in society, and so on. But ultimately, of course, it usually just collapses into more fucking handouts. Because that's what, that's what they can handle. It's what they want, ultimately. But that is a short-term thing. That's a short-term... Uh, need being fulfilled or desire being fulfilled. Ultimately, the long-term game is beat Whitey. It's annex his lands, get his stuff, and replace him via his women. That is the long-term game being played. That is, as I say, perennial ethnocentrism, or in this case, race-centrism. That's why blacks vote for the left. <coughs> And then he continues, I'm not betting on blacks to go right, right wing, anytime soon. But white identity politics will surely reinforce their leftist voting trends. So if we don't go for white identity politics and the ethno-statism, ethno ethno-nationalism, then, uh, then we'll discourage them from voting left. No, uh, I don't think so. But let's just analyse that. What he's saying is that in order to discourage blacks from combating us in a political war in which we have a chance of uh, fighting for our interests. This guy's saying that we should give up fighting in that political war, i.e. give up white identity politics, which will then leave us completely vulnerable to them combating us in every other field of life, and we will have no way to resist that because we will have given up on white identity politics. We will have no way to protect our interests. Uh, just for the sake of the principle of giving uh, of not going by identity politics, which he presumably thinks is quite uh, primitive. Uh, well, unfortunately, in a multiracial situation, you need identity politics because it's the only way to preserve certain things, including your standard of life, uh, your standard of living. All right, so the final quote from this guy. Um, oh, no, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Sorry, I thought there was another one. Uh, in conclusion... This guy thinks that the state is the only reason that different races compete against each other in modern society. The truth is, I believe, that competing with each other is what different races do uh, naturally and have always done. And identity politics is merely a political manifestation of that. And one which has been harnessed by lefties uh, for their own benefit, towards their own advantage. But the lefties and the state in general are really just incidental players in this. It's a conflict that is really between races. 
uh, in some ways the lefties and the status uh, stoke that conflict undoubtedly and they in some ways they benefit from it but the conflict would be happening anyway and uh, and will be happening anyway uh, in long into the future so in summary this guy seems to think that identity politics uh, well it seems to th- he seems to think that races only compete against each other because the state encourages and enables them to do so for its own selfish benefit and therefore if you were to reduce the state and get limited government races would live together much more peacefully they would leave each other alone give each other space and uh, all I can say to that is I think it's just pie in the sky. <laughs> I think it's absolutely delusional. And, you know, I think the guy means well. I'm not trying to take the piss, but good God. You know, these fucking libertarians, they're obsessed. You know, they can't see anything else. They're just obsessed with freedom, limiting the government, limited state. My fucking rights, my individual rights. Oh, God. (laughs) I'll leave it at that. Thanks for watching.